T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios and Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show. Live on this Tuesday evening. Joined by Wes Blankenship. He's hanging out with me for another hour here. Uh, 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Uh, Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Follow us on our social media pages. The station is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am at JMSH316. He is at Wes underscore Inship on Twitter. And, of course, he is at Dylan underscore Matthews. This, of course, night to look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is... The Falcons flyover. So as we like to do on Tuesdays, as we look at some of the pro football focus grades from the game on Sunday, the wild game that it was. So offensively, your top five were Demir Bird at 85-4. Huntley came in at an 84-5. He's played really well. No surprise, Chris Lindstrom comes in at number three, 84.3. Avery Williams came in at an 80.4. And Caleb McGarry at a 79-4. And I will tell you, Wes, Lindstrom has had an outstanding season but low-key, somebody who's been better this year has been Caleb McGarry. Whatever the motivation of if it's not picking up his fifth-year option or what have you, he's low-key had a pretty good year for the Falcons this year. The two draft classmates, I remember when Lindstrom was picked, I was at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mm-hmm. They were doing a draft party. Right. And no one's going to get excited about the O-lineman going right. in the draft. Right, especially out of Boston College. Yeah, and it was – Quite, quite the scene. No one was throwing drinks. Like it wasn't crazy like that. Mm-hmm. No one was that mad, but it was close. I think someone was. You know, they had a drink ready to go, but they looked at it and said, "I'd rather drink this instead." I, I was at I was at a uh, a draft party we did for the station at um, I think it was Ta- Taco Mac the year that Keanu Neal got drafted in the first round. They didn't like that. Oh, people were ready to throw bottles and drinks and all that wow. when Keanu Neal got drafted in the first round. This film was pretty solid coming out of Florida. Yeah, but a, a, a safety coming Another out of Florida. Safety. I mean, yeah. we needed so much defensive help. Remember? I mean, we were we I mean, needed name the year though, John. Well, right? I know. I mean, let's let me put it like this. We needed <laughs> way more front seven defensive yeah. help than a guy who stood fifteen yards from where the ball is snapped. I mean, True. that was the problem that year because I was I was looking at um oh man, I won't remember his name. The kid that was the linebacker out of Ohio State, um, that I think went one pick after Keanu Neal did. Um, so he was drafted in 2016. Yeah. Who was? Uh, oh man, there was a. It was a linebacker out of Ohio State, and I can't remember what his name was now. See, this is what the problems of getting old. But 
Um, taking a look on the defensive side, Lorenzo Carter graded at the highest. Darren Lee. Yes, Darren Lee. Yes. Uh, Grady Jarrett was a 71. Taquan Graham a 69. Arnold Ebicati a 68.3. Rashawn Evans a 64.7. I will bring up that I really like what Arnold Ebicati is starting to bring to this team. And he's getting – my fingers are really close together, Wes. He is that close they are. to, to yeah. starting to put some sack numbers up. He's got the pressures. He's got the hurries. But I like what I've seen, especially out of Ebicati this far in this draft class. Well, this week would be a great week to start – Getting some of that pressure to come home mm-hmm. uh, with the I got I get caught up on this all the time now. The L.A. Chargers coming in. Uh, I call them. Listen on this show. Understand we're not politically correct here. Okay, I call them the California Angels. I don't care what their moniker is. When I grew up, it was Bobby Gritch and Don Baylor and Brian Downing. I call them the San Diego Chargers. When I was growing up, it was Dan Fouts and Chuck Muncie and Charlie Joyner. I mean, there are still Chargers fans in San Diego. Sure. So why not? Yeah, I don't. I don't care if anybody likes it. I call it. Listen, on this show, we're very politically. I call them the Indians. I grew up with the Indians. I'm from Northeast Ohio. Okay, yeah. I, I was watching them in the bright red uniforms, and I was watching Rick Manning and Bo Diaz and and Len Barker and you know people like that. Braves legend Len Barker. So you're not trading in for the no. Guardians gear. No, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I again. So I I still I don't call them the Commodores or whatever they're called now. <laughs> whatever, whatever they're known as, you know, Lionel Richie and the crew. You know, I don't know. What they call them nowadays, we we're politically incorrect, so we don't we don't mind being that way. And if, if you get butt hurt by all of it, then we'll send you some butt wipes. You got we got a lifetime supply here. There's a box over here in the corner of butt yeah, wipes. Yeah, Wes, actually, don't let uh, don't let Chuck get you in trouble. Yeah, that's why I'm here though. Is the butt wipes? Mm-hmm. That's what really pushed me over the edge. Yeah, if you have a if you have a, a a young baby, we've got you all taken care of on this. We can send you the home version. All right. uh, of the show. Yeah, I'll so. Think so. Uh, Falcons did make several moves today. Of course, we mentioned briefly about the Calvin Ridley trade with a couple of conditional picks. I think I never thought that he would be back as an Atlanta Falcon. We'll be interesting to see, Wes, if he gets reinstated right away. I, I think the league will just give him the one year of punishment and he'll be back or, you know, he'll be wh- whenever it is. I, I can't remember. It's February or March. I think it's right after the season ends, after the Super Bowl, that he's eligible to reinstate. But, um, you know, again, one of the last holdovers from the previous regime is now gone and moved on to Jacksonville. I think that Calvin will miss Atlanta when he gets down to Jacksonville, unless he's a big golfer. There's a lot of that to be had down mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. Uh, but maybe maybe keep the residence in Atlanta if he still has one. You know what will be interesting is I believe I'm right on this stat. Jacksonville spent the most free agent money of any team in the NFL this offseason. I would believe it. I mean, they remember they they brought yeah they they spent the most money, and they brought in um, oh why did my name go blank the 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 guy from the Falcons the linebacker, um yeah Foyer they brought Foyer down there well they spent a crap ton of money to still be this bad. And then they hired Urban Meyer, and all that went yeah. sideways. And then he just started kicking kickers. Yeah, so can't have that. You wonder how long, you know, the current coaching staff with Shad Khan, if he gets anxious and they've spent all this money. And I hate to say, I mean, I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan, going back to his high school days at Cartersville. Yeah, go but Purple he, Hurricanes. But he has just not progressed in the NFL. He's just not gotten better. He doesn't look like a guy who's ready to lead a franchise down there. 
Watching Monday Night Football, too, watching Joe Burrow last night, uh, it just shows you how difficult the league can be, man, how hard it is. These guys were untouchable. They were gods in college football. And you get to the league, it ain't the same game anymore. When uh, I brought this up all last year, so Boomer Esiason took the Bengals to the Super Bowl in the 89 season, I believe it was. Do you know how many quarterbacks Cincinnati drafted before they finally got their hands on Joe Burrow? Oh, I'm going to guess 14. It was a dozen. Okay. And, right. and and they had the number one overall pick. They had the number two overall pick. They had uh, David Klingler was, I think, the sixth or seventh overall pick. So it's not quite the Browns jersey. No. No. But it's yeah. also not good. Right. So, I mean, that's how long it took them. It took them, it took them two decades to find a franchise quarterback again. And, and that's why I say – it sounds great to say, just go draft this guy or what have you. Mm. Um, it just doesn't work itself out that way. All right, let's uh, – by the way, too, the uh, the Falcons did trade Dean Marlowe uh, today. No real surprise after that blown coverage on that deep pass, that Hail Mary pass from P.J. Walker. And they did pick up a corner from Kansas City. So a team that is very much in need is Casey Hayward still on IR, probably going to be out for a while. Oof. A.J. Terrell with his hamstring. Hamstrings you never know, Wes. That could be – a week could be a month. I mean, they just needed all the cornerback help that they could get. Yeah. That Speaking of Joe Burrow, I felt bad for those dudes. Oh, yeah, week. especially I Carnell mean, Armstrong. I said, Wes, when they brought Carnell Armstrong in to cover Jamar Chase in that game, that reminded me of Charles Dimery when he lined up on Jerry Rice back in the old days. And I remember <laughs> watching those games and Charles Dimery, God bless him, God bless his soul. I, I assume he's still him. living with us. Um, but they lined him up on Jerry Rice in some of those NFC West showdowns, and that was that Cornell Armstrong on Jamar Chase was the biggest mismatch I had seen since Charles Dimery had to line up on Jerry Rice. You know, in most phases of life, you can take circumstances that, that aren't the best, and if you have a good sense of humor, you can just laugh about it, right? If not in the moment, but later. I right. wonder if uh, old Dimery is laughing about that, or as you said, maybe that game... Maybe that game was the end of him. I don't think anybody really knows. That it could have shortened his life. I, I don't know. I've I, I can't say as I've kept up with the life of Charles Dimery <laughs> since then. So all right, let's get some audio. Let's hear from the head coach yesterday. Here's uh, Arthur talking about the challenges that the Chargers present. Yeah, like I said earlier, I mean uh, Herbert, I don't know if there's a better quarterback on you talk about critical down situations. Uh, he's a guy that can stand plays and live arm. He's gonna be a challenge. You know, we got to come up with a good plan, and we got to play well in all three phases. Yeah, so you got Khalil Mack. You know, the, the issue with Mack, getting into too many obvious passing situations, he can be a nightmare. It's a good scheme. They're coming off a bye. Um, like I said, glad we're at home. Looking forward to it, but it'll be a hell of a challenge. There are some similarities about the Bengals' offense because, obviously, Herbert's a huck-it-around guy, and they throw it a lot the way the Bengals do. They should be getting Keenan Allen back this week. They thought maybe last week he would be back, but it looks like he would. I would assume that he should be back this week. They've got a really good group of pass catchers. They've got a quarterback that likes to huck it around. There are some eerie similarities about the way the Chargers run their offense from what we saw from the Bengals a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, another young quarterback where <laughs> it, which one's going to show up? And I think this one – if not, you know, Joe Burrow, I'm not going to take anything away from what he did to the Falcons, but 
the injuries were what they were. I'm a I'm a much more uh, I'm a bigger fan of the Herbert uh, party, if if that's what you want to call it, because he just seems to be a little bit more consistent with it. Comes in with a lot a lot less acclaim than Burrow, just because Burrow had so much of it. I mean. And maybe had the best season we'd ever seen. Ever? In our, yeah. I mean. That, that image of smoking the cigar in slow motion. I mean. Well, don't you. But let me ask you this. But Herbert is just so solid. Man. I, I, it's a little bit too early to start talking about Tennessee being that Joe Burrow LSU team. Like, I've seen that comparison everywhere. Oh, look at what yeah, Burrow that's... and Hooker did through their first. Okay. I've never. I'm telling you. I, I'm, I'm older than you are. I'm half a century. I ain't never seen an offense in college football history the way that LSU. Remember, they had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They had Jamar Chase. Chase, They had Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, They had Randy Moss's kid. Like, I've never seen an offense that ran like that. And he threw for 60 touchdowns. They had the best O-line in the country. Yeah. They had it all, man. Yeah. I mean, I like what Tennessee's done. Let's slow down. Like, that team was as good offensively as I've – and not gimmicky. You know, I watched Andre Ware and David Klingler at Houston. Those were gimmick offenses. That that group in LSU, oh, like that's that that won't probably be matched in my lifetime with how good that group was. All right, let's grab uh, cut number three here, Dylan. Uh, here's Arthur Smith talking about we acquire people who fit the culture that we're building. Like if you want to be a physical team, you know, you look for physical players. Um, I'm not a I'm not a doctor, and I can't do a heart transplant. So you try to find the right right people and you try to foster the right climate and, and get the right type of guys. Um, but it's both. You know, there's, there's, but if somebody doesn't want to do it that way, you're probably not changing. Arthur Smith talks a lot about culture. And actually, let's play this clip before we wrap. Let's play number five, Dylan. Here's Arthur talking about how culture isn't something that goes on a T-shirt. It happens every day in the building. It's something we work on every day. You know, a lot of people, you know, you can put it on a slogan, you can put it, you know, chirp to you guys about it. But if you're not implementing that day after day, that's the hardest part. It's like anything in life. Can you implement every day? Not going to be perfect. Can you persevere? Can you be consistent? Those things. And whatever your belief is, there's a lot of ways to do it. And there's a lot of, it works for some places, it works for others. But I think a lot of things what happens is the day-to-day grind and the lack of endurance people have sometimes. Um, you think, hey, it worked for you early. You can that it's it's good. Like you check, like you're asking that check that box. But no, it's something every damn day you got to work on. What I like about this regime, Wes, it's not do right longer, all gas no breaks, mm-hmm. brotherhood, uh, the bears loose, embrace the suck. You know, it's Base not. Camp. Yeah, it's not trying to be catchphrases and slogans. So they're was that cu- a shot at Quinn? Yes. Yeah, and I and I. I've said before, I'll say it, I don't think Dan Quinn's a very good head coach. I don't think Dan got better when he was here. I don't think he was a very good head coach. I think they had their quarterback, offense coordinator, all came together in 16, Mm -hmm. and he had that monster year, but he never got better. All the same mistakes they had in year six were the same ones that they had in year one and never got better on the sidelines. And that's why I've always said, give me an advantage on the sidelines. Like, that game last week, Dan would have lost. They they would have lost that under the Lash regime because they weren't a team that could persevere through pitfalls and stuff like that. Once it started going bad under Dan, it just snowballed. 
and they couldn't recover. This team, the culture is, okay, let's settle things down, regroup, and find a way to win. I'll say that when I look at Arthur Smith, I don't necessarily see a guy who cares about culture. And when I say that, I don't mean he doesn't want his team to have a culture. I think that he values the performance so much more. And it, it was like that pendulum. It's the autocorrect of, all right, our last guy was all about telling us about the mm-hmm. culture. Right. Arthur Smith almost sounded uncomfortable talking about culture right there. Well, the the way he'll show culture is by getting victories. That that's That's his culture is to find ways to win games. All right, when we get back, we will talk to Felipe Cardenas, of course, covers Atlanta United for the Athletic. Want a chance to catch up with him. Is uh, Obviously, big changes coming up for United in the offseason. That's all up next. John Chuckery, West Blankenship, hanging out with me here on this Tuesday evening on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make sense! Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show. Live on this Tuesday evening is obviously we are in the offseason for Atlanta United. Going to be some heavy changes coming for this franchise in the offseason. Going to be a very intriguing offseason to see what direction that this team goes. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Atlanta's Ford dealer. Nobody better to talk to than our buddy Felipe Cardenas, who is a soccer writer for The Athletic. Of course, covers Atlanta United for them as well. You can follow Felipe on Twitter at Felipe Carr. Felipe, as always, man, it's uh, it's been a crazy year for Atlanta United that looks like it's probably even going to get crazier here in a couple of months. Yeah, I mean, John, I guess it depends on how you define crazy. I, I'm sure that there are fans that are looking forward to change, uh, perhaps not the way that they wanted it to go. But to your point, it's it's probably the most significant and impactful offseason in the short history of the club. As, as I'm sure you're going to ask me, as, you know, I reported uh, on Monday, uh, well, last week, I'm sorry, Thursday, that Joseph Martinez will, will not be returning. He was told by... Uh, 
technical director, Carlos Bocanegra, that the club is essentially moving on from him with one year left on this contract. So I think the way that that played out perhaps uh, didn't surprise everyone when the news came out. But I think the fact that this is a an icon of the club, a, an influential athlete in the city, you know, somebody that has been part of now the fabric of Atlanta sports for the last six years to, to just sort of go out the back door uh, has really upset fans. And, and, and you talk about change and, and, and what's going to be coming in just a few weeks, I'm sure, before certainly before Christmas and hopefully even before Thanksgiving is, is the hiring of a new president to replace Darren Neal. And so those are two um, momentous and big shifts in the way, in the direction of the club, not knowing you're not going to have Joseph Martinez, one of the best players that the league has ever seen. Uh, and knowing that there's somebody coming in that's going to lead the club into the future without that star player. And so just really interesting times for the club right now. So before we get into Joseph Martinez, let's talk about the president position for just a second here. Do you know if this is a, for lack of a better term, a package deal where if Carlos Bocanegra doesn't get this position, does he stay technical director? Is that going to be part of the deal that when they hire a president, it's, hey, you've got to take Carlos with you? Or do you think that a new president will have some autonomy as to whether or not he wants to keep Carlos in place? Yeah, I mean, from from what I know and what I've been told, and uh, you know, I don't know if Carlos Bocanegra has even interviewed for that job. You know, I, I would be surprised if if that was the case. I think this is a position that uh, the, the level of, of experience that is required, uh, he he simply doesn't have it. Like he is very focused on 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 what his job is as a sporting director, as a as a, as a roster builder, if you will. Uh, and and I think this is a this is a, a much higher profile job. I think that the, the profile of the president job is someone that has been uh, at the at the head of a club for many many years, at least in, in whether it's MLS or internationally. And, and and so I think that already eliminates Carlos from from the equation there. But certainly the person that is hired would have to make a decision on on Carlos Bozenger and and the team, the scouting team, the technical staff. You know, is this, are these the people that this person is going to want to lean on in the short term and the long term? You know, my guess is that, you know, first of all, contractually, from what I understand, Carlos Bocanegra has a contract with that line United through 2024, I believe. He did receive an extension, uh, you know, a short time ago. And so, you know, that, that at least somewhat guarantees that he'll be in the job. But the, the decision maker here, if I'm, if I'm guessing, is going to be somebody that has had success uh, in, in a similar position running a club and has probably a team of people that he trusts, he or she trusts, uh, that, that they're going to want to count on and rely on here in Atlanta. And I think, you know, what I mentioned about Joseph Martinez being you know, shown the door the way that it has happened, in my opinion, I think it is a public relations you know, crisis, one that the club has to manage now. The fans are not happy about it. They're not happy with the decision makers that, 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 that made this decision at this part at, the, at this time without having a president in place. And so this person is going to have to weigh all that and, and, and determine, you know, do I want to give everyone right now at the club, the coach, Gonzalo Pineda, the technical director, the scouting team, do I want to give them a chance heading into 2023 or am I prepared to come in uh, when I'm hired and and really just like install my people. I think it's going to be a combination of the two. 
So, Felipe, let's get into Joseph. I know you and I specifically talked about this multiple times, even over the course of the season, that I had asked you about whether or not maybe it was time to think about maybe you're not building around Joseph anymore. Let's start with what do you think kind of is the final straw that Atlanta United said, okay, we need to move on, we need a fresh start, we're going to need to find a way to, to part company with one another? Yeah, it's a really good question because you know, I think they it's a, there's a lot of speculation, right? And I, I don't want to speculate, but what I, what I know is that the relationship between Joseph Martinez, Gonzalo Pineda, the head coach, and, and, and Carlos Bocanegra isn't great. You know, it, it didn't end well. And I don't know for a fact that that was a factor. You know, it, perhaps it was uh, not the determining factor, but it, I, I think it's part of the, the decision here. Um, now there's a sporting side, and and I give, you know, Carlos Bocanegra credit in that, you know, he has to do his job too. He can't sit and sit on his hands and say, well, there's no president in place, so I'm not going to do anything until this person arrives. He has to make calls on the roster. He has to uh, evaluate players that are going to stay and go. And in the case of Joseph Martinez, you know, this has been a problem since they signed the guy. Like, who is the who is the what is the type of striker that can back up Joseph Martinez that can compete with Joseph Martinez for the number nine spot. And they haven't had that in, in six years. They've had flashes here and there from certain players, but no one that has looked like a successor to Joseph. And so at the same time, Joseph is and was the leading scorer for this team the last two seasons, even though he wasn't playing well, the team wasn't playing well, he was still that sort of player. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a sad ending, if you will, but, I think from just a, on a, from a product on the field perspective, you know, I believe honestly that Joseph Martinez, uh, perhaps he even needed uh, a new start. But I think on a good team or even just a team that is trending up, he's a guy that's still going to score goals for you. The, the problem here in Atlanta, there's I don't think the team was built well around him, like to your point. They, they, they tried to build around him, but it wasn't really constructed the right way. Too many coaches changing. They don't always see the same, see the striker position the same way. The players, I think, struggle to understand how to play with Joseph Martinez or any number nine at the center forward position under Gonzalo Pineda. And so it's a lot of work in progress that, you know, in the end, even a guy like Joseph was, was trying to find his feet during this transition. Felipe Cardenas joins us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Course covers Atlanta United for The Athletic, by the way. Check out all of his work at TheAthletic.com. So I know injuries, obviously, that was a huge factor in, in what helped put this team sideways. But take that out of the equation for a minute. What was the next biggest problem for Atlanta United this year? I think there are a lot of intangibles, John, that, you know, you can talk about tactics and perhaps the team was inconsistent in the way that they played, but there were intangibles that one could just start to notice. There was a very obvious lack of leadership on the team. And that had to do with the injuries. You lose, you lose Brad Guzan, you lose uh, Osvaldo Alonso, who came in to be that one of the locker room guy. You know, Miles Robinson wasn't the vocal leader, but he was becoming uh, a leader based on his performances on the team. He was obviously uh, a national team player. Like all those things matter. And so, you know, that hurt them. But other than that, there wasn't anyone else that really truly stepped up and took the team, you know, on, on his shoulder. You know, there were you know, good performances 
from Andrew Gutman and he came out and talked to the media, talked to the reporters when they would lose games. Like that's not easy to do, but really that's me being close to the team. And I felt like that was a big one, a lack of leadership. There wasn't a cohesive sense of an identity yet. And I think that's a product of having too much turnover, both from the players and the coaches. And that's something that Carlos Bocanegra agreed with when I asked him, uh, a few weeks ago, you know, he said that it was difficult to really evaluate the players and identify how this team is going to play moving forward. Now, he mentioned that they want to be on the front foot and they want to be an attacking team, but there are different ways to do that. I think they have data that tells them that they're on the right track and you saw some of the play improving throughout the year. Uh, but truly, you know, I think one of the issues that they have aside from the injuries is just figuring out how they want to play and, and, and being more of a collective rather than a team of good individual players. Because you ask anyone around the league and they're like, well, that's a talented team. But, collect, but collectively, they don't look like that. And that's what's, that's what, those are the teams that are progressing in the MLS playoffs, the teams that look like a cohesive unit. So if Felipe, they feel like they have their core, you know, Brad will be back, they'll get Miles Robinson back, Almada's here, you know, Gutman that you mentioned, you know, they feel like they have their core. How much do they move around some? And I know it's salary cap league and all that, so that's why I'm asking. Just how much movement do we expect from other spots on the roster, or do they feel like that some of this roster will be, you know, addition by subtraction or just getting their guys back healthy? I mean, do you feel like that they have spots on this roster that they're really looking to to change or upgrade? Yes, you know, I think the what they call the number eight position, which is basically like a two-way midfielder, you know, player that can play box-to-box and, and is athletic and, and good on the ball, very technical, can distribute, can tackle, and can really push the, the team forward and give them a bit more bite in midfield. That's a position that they need. You know, Santiago Sosa is a good player. He's a good distributor of the ball. He's very clean, but he's not a guy that covers ground. I think he needs help and someone next to him that can do a little bit more of the running. So that's a key, uh, a key need. The midfield, just strengthening the midfield and making that part of this core that you mentioned. Like, who are the guys that they can rely on every single week? You know, Tiago Mata, obviously a very good player. Uh, his future is uncertain, you know. Like, the, he, he could be gone, you know, this winter if something comes up that the club can't, can't turn down. But certainly by summer, you know, I expect Tiago Mata to be on his way out of MLS. So that's a player that you're going to have to replace. But in the short term, you know, I think the team in, in the front office is confident that they have some salary cap space and some leeway to do some moves. I think they're going to have to make some trades and, and earn some some you know allocation money to sign some players within the league, some veteran players, some MLS uh, experienced players to, to really shore up some of the positions on the field. The back line, I think, is one that not really sure how that's going to look with Miles Robinson back. How, how quickly does he come in? And who is his ideal center back partner? That has been a revolving door uh, over the last season. So that's a big one as well. And, you know, obviously the, the, the number nine, you know, who replaces Joseph Martinez? I wrote, you know, in, in when I, when I uh, broke that news that, you know, they're, they're needing to replace not just the, the, the legend status of the player, Joseph Martinez, but over 100 goals, you know, the impact, the brand, the personality, and whoever that is really has to be somebody that is impactful right away. There's, got, there's not going to be margin for error for, for, for the front office when they retool the, the roster. Next season, the team has to be good right away, 
where I think the pressure really will truly be on Gonzalo Pineda, the head coach. And if Carlos Bocanegra is still in this position, like it's going to come on him as well. Well, and, and that last question for it, Felipe. So uh, I'm glad you brought this up because I want to tie all this together. How much does next year become no excuses? I mean, they're they're the organization that sold us on. They want to be a world brand and all that, not just MLS, but we want to be across the world. And you're moving on from the best player that you'll ever have. I mean, if we can use a Bret Hartism, the best there is, the best there was, the best there were, that wherever will be. Um, you know, they got to get back to winning and and winning in their league. So how much? Because there is a definite, I don't know, a little bit of apathy right now in the fan base. It's it's a situation where it feels like they need to get this thing on track next year. They can't sell people on the idea of, hey, give us a few years and we'll be good again. It does feel like next year has some sort of make or break to it. No, absolutely. I, I totally agree. There are no more excuses. They, you know, the, the, the injuries became an excuse. Now it was devastating and it, and there's no, no, no coach should have to deal with that. no, no locker room should should be expected to just come out of that unscathed, like mentally and emotionally, and even just uh, tactically. But if, in the end, you know, you've got to get better. And LA United is, a, is 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 an organization that is expected to be a lot better than they are right now. Like there are literally no more excuses. This team finished 11th in the Eastern Conference, and that that's simply, you know, not only is it not good enough, but you can see in the fans on social media they are finally really tired of the lack of winning and, and the inconsistency from the brand and from the front office and even the players, you know, they want better players. They want better effort. They want to go to the stadium and watch the team win. And I think watching the playoffs is only making this fan base angrier, seeing that there are teams celebrating at the highest levels of this league. They're on TV. They're being talked about. And these are clubs that have passed Atlanta United by in different ways. LASC, being very much the glamour club of MLS and spending money. And then you've got the Philadelphia Union, who has has spent in their history just under $11 million. And they're one of the best clubs in the league. $11 million is, is, is an amount that Atlanta has paid several times in one year for, for players. And so, you know, it's you can't outspend teams and just spend your way to success. I think that's something that Atlanta United is realizing. And now it's up to them, to the front office, the new president, the coaching staff, to figure out new ways to win and and you're right it has to be right away in 2023 the is where you can check out all of his great work he of course covers all things soccer in atlanta united for the athletic and felipe cardenas joined us here on the waitfor.com hotline check him out on twitter as well at felipe car felipe as always buddy appreciate it man thanks for a few minutes here this evening we will chat as we get some of these decisions knocked out anytime john always love coming on and yeah i mean i think the next few weeks will be big for the club you know i expect a decision soon on on that president position and it'll be interesting which way and which direction they go but i think they've 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 taken their time and it's it's i'm sure they're nearing a decision you got it thanks john chuckery will be back sports radio 90 the game the odyssey.com app We've heard so much about you. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuck. We're live in the Kia Studios Tuesday night with you. West Blankenship hanging out with me here for a few more minutes at the top of the hour. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers 
Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMSage316. He is at Wes underscore Inship. And he, of course, is at underscore Dylan Matthews. Hey, we're almost halfway through the NFL season. How have your bets been going? The BetQL app uses proven data and analytics to help you make smarter bets on everything from the NFL and college to basketball and the World Series. Check out the BetQL app. Download it for free today. The BetQL app or visit BetQL.com. All right, Wes, are you you comfortable over there? Uh, I like to stay just a few degrees below total comfort. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take it too comfortable. We're going to, we're going to try to take you out of your comfort zone now as we get to something we call what's bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. (laughs) Like that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for what's bugging Chuckery on sports radio. 92.9. The game. What, how does the saying go? Fool me once. Shame on me. Or no, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Okay. <laughs> Can somebody tell Jim Harbaugh that if you have, and, and I'm not going to completely blame Harbaugh on all this, but a few weeks ago in the Penn State-Michigan game, they had an incident because both teams go into the same tunnel. Right? You with me? And they had an incident where Penn State players were throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the Michigan players as they were coming in. Maybe they were just trying to give them a snack. Yeah, and Jim Harbaugh was trying to tell uh, James Franklin that he was a facilitator in all this. So while they're throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and I hate to, listen, I hate to waste food, as you can tell. But so they have that incident go on, right? Fast forward to this past weekend when Michigan and Michigan State, last I checked, they're rivals, right? So... They have a heated contest. Michigan wins pretty comfortably. And you've probably seen the videos of the Michigan State and Michigan players. Fight night. Yeah. They were fighting. The one kid from Michigan uh, State took, uh, or for, uh, yeah, for Michigan State, took his helmet off and started beating the kid with it. I mean, the whole thing was absurd. And Jim Harbaugh is talking about that he expects criminal charges to be filed. Because the one fight was 10 on 1. The other one was the kid taking his helmet off and beating somebody. And this all stems from the fact, right, but it all stems from the fact that they both go in and out of the same tunnel area. And there were people, of course, on social media and this and there, well, you know, they've always done it that way. Okay, you could have a hundred straight times of no problems or issues. All it takes is one time. What do I always say? Okay, you have one time a farming accident and you get your right hand chopped off. It doesn't really matter what the reason is. You're going to be called lefty, though, for the rest of your life. <laughs> that and so... Is, that's again, true. Yeah. So they just, they just had an incident. And then a couple of weeks later, fast forward, Wes, and they have these brouhaha's that broke out. And now it's criminal charges. Michigan State suspended four players, this and the other. But none of that fixes the problem. Like, this is not hard. Have one team go in the tunnel all at once. Wait. Everybody wait. And then have the other team go through the tunnel all together later on. But the idea of everybody going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya in a physical contact sport, just because they got lucky with dynamite 
and everything didn't blow up doesn't mean that this wasn't always going to be a powder keg. And that's what happened this past weekend. And unfortunately, kids got hurt in the Farrakis. Yeah, that wasn't unfortunate. Yeah. They didn't just get hurt. I mean, I don't yeah, know. The, if the one kid from Michigan, they don't know if he's going to play this weekend. Yeah. That he's in like concussion protocol. Held a football helmet. Yeah. But they're pretty hard and they're they're heavy. Yes. And uh, they're supposed to be worn outside of your head, mm-hmm. not hitting your head with. No, they're supposed to be to protect your head, right. not being used like a bowling ball. So here's my question, John. I found a newspaper clipping from 1926. Okay. The Ludington. We have Daily a guy News. who was. We have a guy who might have covered that game. His name is John Freaky. I, I think he was there. He was. Uh, he was the young intern uh, at the game, but. He hosts our morning show, John Freaky, by the way. If Dylan can get that cut, he's just he's slow to the trigger. Comedy he's is all got. about timing, Wes. Uh, it is. Sometimes you can have bad timing. Sometimes bad timing is yeah good awkward comedy. time. Yeah, awkward. Um, like right, like right now, this him not John Freaky. Yeah, him, John Freaky. The, 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 no, John Freaky. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yes, this, this. Okay, you got it back there. You good to go? Yeah, I was gonna say this. This transition is more awkward than a steakhouse crossover. But anyway, inside baseball there. I'm sorry. So the thing was built, the big house was built in 1926. Mm -hmm. All right, here's the headline from the Ludington Daily News in uh, 1926. Workmen swarm Michigan Stadium. You can almost envision this old-timey footage, right? So here's my question. Did people just not get in fights before games back in the day? Was there that much respect and camaraderie? For your fellow opponent. Well, you know, we didn't have a 1926. Hey, they're old sport. I'll see you out there on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, they they probably, if they fought, they were in straw hats, for one. But you know what else they didn't have in 1926? John Freaky? Well, they didn't have him. <laughs> they didn't have these. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have video. You can't do, listen, you can't take a crap out in the woods in today's society and not have somebody film it. Even if, even if you get a lot of followers that well, way, well, you would. But even if you're not filming it, Bigfoot's probably filming you out there, right? Yeah. He's so got I mean, a phone. again, everybody's got video of everything, and this again is not hard to solve. But unfortunately, people had to get hurt after multiple incidents, and I guess the Big Ten will have to step in and try to figure all of this out. Meanwhile, one kid's in like concussion protocol. Not sure if he's going to play. Other kids are probably going to get criminal charges brought against them. Was it worth it? Like, like again, was it worth it to have everybody go through the tunnel after a physical fought game against your rival? Y- again, the powder keg may not have gone off the first hundred times that you did this, but all it takes is one time for this to happen. And given that it happened two weeks before, you had to see something coming. I'm with Harbaugh. I have no problem if they put criminal charges on those kids, because those kids know better. I get the heat of the moment, but you have to be responsible for your actions. You're still 18, 19, 20 years old. There has to be some responsibility if you take your helmet off and beat some guy with it. I don't think they taught you that in your Oklahoma drill. So, you know. No, you wear a helmet during those. Yeah. So I don't think they taught you to beat somebody like it's like you're, you know, like you, like Bobby Heenan tossed you a foreign object and you go and hit somebody with it, you know? So this whole thing is ridiculous. And hopefully, 
adults and saner heads will intervene and say, you know, from now on, because they can't retrofit the stadium and all that, but how about we let one team go in and everybody just stay here on the field and wait, right? Or, or just do what you did in kindergarten. You have a line leader and you put your finger up to your lips and no one talks. Right. And you just walk just, past right. each you other nap, on your right. way to it, lunch. Right. Like I'm leading you out for a fire drill when you're in third grade. Right. That's you know? what we have to do. But, yeah. But that's yeah. what it just, takes. I mean, if that's – honestly, if that's what it has to be, then then let it be. And if everybody needs to – if everybody needs to hold hands and, and, and lock arms or do what you got to do – but keep everybody from going through. And and I and look, I hate to say, you know, we saw the incident with Alabama and Tennessee, you know, with Jermaine Burton and all that stuff going on. You just can't mix all of these people together like this. No. Something bad is going to happen. I, I wonder after COVID if people just they have like one fewer barrier to throw in a haymaker at somebody. It's just like, hey. I didn't hit you enough during the football game. Yeah. Here's another one. Right. I mean, you know, listen, um, now that you got your helmet off, now now we can go at it. Now we can do uh, – again, this whole thing could have been avoided. This whole thing didn't have to happen, you know, especially given that as innocuous as it may sound to throw peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and I get all that, nobody ever stops at peanut butter and jelly sandwiches nowadays. It never stops there. It only gets yeah. worse. Then it turns into – Cannonballs. Then it turns into knuckle sandwiches. Yeah. Then it turns into a guy's got a bazooka. Like, like eventually you get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That turns into swinging your helmet, and the next guy's driving a tank into the tunnel, like ready to like cannon fodder. It's almost somebody. like if you're a Michigan opponent and you're going to the big house. If you're the head coach, you have to practice that part of yeah. your game, right? Like Just they don't have some assistance. Right, start like, uh, trash talking, right? Yeah. To your point, there's they don't need to run an Oklahoma drill. Let's a run out of the tunnel drill. Uh-huh. That that alone is more physically, you know, contact than anything else. So, again, we'll see what happens. I do expect that there will be charges filed, but this whole thing did not have to happen. And that's what's bugging Chuck Reed. Top of the hour. Uh, where the hell are we? Oh, here we go. Oh, no excuses for Atlanta United, right? So, Wes, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me here. Thank Appreciate you, Appreciate it. Thank you, I mean, I think we will probably have you back and – Hope you enjoyed uh, yourself oh, for these couple I didn't, of hours. Uh, overstay my welcome too much, and the the return invites always appreciated. And and I, I can't do anything about parking. I would love to help you, but I can't do anything. Oh, about I parking. walked here from Athens. I'm good. Okay, all right. That's. Yeah. I was gonna say. Listen, honestly, I left last Wednesday. Art Center Martyr Station is literally two blocks okay. down here. You can <laughs> I, I walk all the time to Martyr Station, so you've got that uh, going for you. No, so. seriously, I appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it, Wes. So. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about Atlanta United. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, Nights on the Game, the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.